0: Ten years, three boys, one question. Are we friends? I must not stop listening to Are We Friends. Are We Friends is the mind killer. Are We Friends is the little death that brings total satisfaction. I will face Are We Friends. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where Are We Friends has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain. I am your co-host, Taylor.
1: I am your co-co-host, Brian. And I'm Jorge. And that's literally not true. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Welcome to Are We Friends, the only show on the internet where three boys who have known each other for more than ten years go through their interests one at a time to see if they are actually still friends anymore or if it's just inertia. If you couldn't tell... Uh, from that intro, we are talking about Frank Herbert's dune. And if you couldn't tell from that intro, I pity you. Congratulations on wow. having sex in high school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bet that was real nice for Bet you. that was
1: <laughs> real cool for you once. In
0: a yeah, being a football star or whatever. Football store star yeah i was
1: canadian it's it's where all the people who read dune were when they read dune was in the football store because they got shoved in there by all
2: the popular kids. i feel like quoting dune is like one of the biggest separations between like if people know dune they they catch the quote unbelievably fast (laughs) (laughs) and if people haven't read dune they know fucking nothing about what you're talking what are you talking yeah it is
0: it the books at least uh, so uh, i want to be perfectly clear we are talking about dune just the first novel we're not touching any dune messiah children of dune chapter House, Dune. none of that shit we are talking about dune today because i don't like any of those oh wow i like dune dune is one of my favorite books of all time it is always gets in my top 10 whenever i think about it but the rest of it can go fuck itself the (laughs) movie looks really good i'm excited for that um but yeah, it's the it. I think there's something about uh, Frank Herbert's tone that you can absolutely like know. Like you're quoting you're quoting Dune. <laughs> I obviously didn't commit this book to memory, but like anyone in that club that you were just talking about, like I feel like they know about it because it has it has a particular voice that I feel like is
2: very strong. And I think on the flip side, in spite of how popular it is, it is like one of the ones where people really, if they don't know Dune, they don't even know it exists. yeah wildly yeah Yeah. it's like really weird because it's like crazy popular but people who don't already know about it don't know about it at all (laughs) it's a binary there are no
1: like i've heard about dune it is you have read the book or you do not know what anyone's talking it's like it
2: hasn't made its way into like pop culture you know
1: it's like uh, it's like the New York sewer
0: system. You know, people who know how big it is. This doesn't is have alligators like, in this it. This is I was
2: only also, also only thinking about <laughs> alligators. <laughs> also, also true. This is the I know London my sewer
0: system. <laughs> Where I think there are no gators, but yeah, it's
1: absolutely massive. Else, but like
2: if you a don't think crookie about crookie it or
0: something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh,
2: toothy boy!
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> they all have little bowler hats. I was also thinking bowler hats. I was thinking they were they were smaller and more polite and had bowler hats. Yeah, and, and for whatever but, reason, uh, they
0: still use shillings. Like, absolutely car. did not switch over
2: to the modern currency and, <laughs> and, uh, and a monocle. Oh yeah. I guess it's but many monocles. there's not just one fancy <laughs> gator. Oh, now I, I was thinking of like the one who controls everything. <laughs> I'm it's always just... gonna think Ookie Crookie now, dude. Okay.
0: <laughs> Ookie crookie, also known as Sir Gaterton, <laughs> third Earl of the London sewer system. Oh,
1: That's gonna come up oh. later at some point, and I'm gonna fucking piss myself laughing because no. I'm gonna remember this whole <laughs> moment. Welcome that... to Sewers Pool, mate. <laughs> <No>! <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> I I could go about
2: this on this that point could be for the, the whole episode. episode, so we need to get back to Dune. Sure, Absolutely. So
0: um, this is going to be, I think, my last topic, uh, and it's one that I have been excited <laughs> to do since we started our podcast. Um, so first question, do you
1: like Dune? Dune yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Dune's, so for me, Dune is like a lot, but it's really cool so i any times i was like okay there's a lot <laughs> like there's a lot going on and there's a lot of people talking about the stuff that they are doing literally in this moment and how they're narrating it and i'm like okay this is fine and then like someone will say something about the fucking cuisards hadarak or something benny jezzer i'm like oh i'm so back in i don't care anymore everything's great oh yeah anytime you reference anything i'm like, a plus yes
2: I, I found it surprisingly parsable in audiobook form. I've, oh, I've listened to it twice helps a in lot. audiobook, and helps it a lot. Like goes really smooth. Like, I don't get... When everybody talks about how hard it is to read and stuff, I'm like, I don't get it. It the, seems fine to me.
0: I read you it just, the first time, and I've listened to the audiobook a mm-hmm. few times.
1: Audiobook helped a lot. Um, I did it for most of the heavy lifting, but um, this is a question, I guess, for both of you, because you both listen to audiobook. The one I took... The one I got from our non sponsor. I know what you're talking um, about. The voice changing. Today. Yeah. Get, hire the voice actors for half of it, and then.
2: Yeah. It was, made it. Was the Vladimir. Do it. This is Baron Harkonnen. Goes yeah, to the perfect. shitty voice perfect. for the, the most intense scene, and then switches back to the good voice later. <laughs>
0: like, yeah, it's amazing. when Like that, that first guy, it? when it's like. Oh fade oh, Routho, yeah. You
1: look so tasty yeah. there. Like, oh this is amazing. This is exactly oh, yeah. oh, the voice I want for Baron Vladimir yeah, yeah. Harkin. Yeah.
0: And then they go like the narrators like, Oh, uh Fade Routho, by the way, if you wouldn't mind, like, you know, I'm gonna put your younger brother in charge yeah, of Dune like, or whatever. <laughs>
1: I don't know yeah. what happened. They ran out of money or scheduling didn't happen or the it's, fuck. It
2: was so strange to me. It's so much worse because his voice is so deep it just makes the other one sound like his voice is really <laughs> yeah, high. Yeah, like it like, does. Hey Paul. Which <laughs> are
1: you? because <the> <laughs> yeah. well, that was the turnaround with Paul is Paul, the the voice actor for Paul kind of has a little sharper. I mean, he's playing younger, that's the whole mm-hmm. thing he's playing teenager. So he has a sharper thing, and then like I'm a scam PT. And then you get like Mother, don't tell me what to do, Paul. I'm like, that's not Paul. That is clearly an, a fully grown yeah. man who just but showed up in this scene with a Paul wig. It what? blows my mind that
0: this movie is about to, again, be a major yeah. motion picture, which looks like I'm, I don't want to get my hopes up, but it looks. I can't. I'm very excited about it. I can't it. get my hopes it, up. For it <laughs> has been republished like. Three times in the last ten years, and they have not gotten a fucking audiobook cast together. Like I'm not quite sure what the fuck's going on over there at Random House or, or Ace Books. I think by, the way, by the way,
1: by the way, for a little scuttlebutt on the movie. So if y'all are fans of Dune and this movie, you like this movie, fucking go buy multiple. I know because it's pandemic. Don't fucking go into a movie theater multiple times because fuck that but buy multiple tickets to this because Denis Villeneuve was literally like hey we didn't shoot this like Lord of the Rings where we shot both of them at the same time they're doing two movies we didn't shoot this both times so if this one doesn't do well we're not getting another Dune movie <laughs> so oh I can't it can't be the Blade Runner 2049 shit where people go oh it was really good I liked it and it made like $40 don't yep. do that you have to go buy stuff for yeah <laughs> otherwise they won't make another movie of one of the most famous books ever.
0: (laughs) My God. Yeah, and it's... uh, God, and it's... I can't. I can't have another tragedy. I've seen... And yet you um, can. And yet you will suffer I've seen David Lynch's 1984 unfortunate disaster. Creative control was taken away from him. I understand David Lynch doesn't make that movie either.
1: uh, Jorge was asking me at one point, like, are all of David Lynch's movies basically horror? And I paused and went, no, there's one for sure. And then there's... A couple, kind of, because Dune 1984 is a horror in that its production was an absolute fucking disaster, but it itself is not a horror film. I never got so to many
0: great elements there. <laughs> Sir Patrick Stewart Another as Gurney All-Star Halleck. Yeah, like, it's just it a fantastic Kyle cast. Kyle
1: MacLachlan is fucking Paul Atreides, and I'm like, that's Excellent. fucking... Yeah. Sting is Fade Roth.
0: <laughs> yeah, again, like, all these things really, <laughs> on
1: paper...
2: Should work. Also, half the um, Twin
1: Peaks cast is in the background of that. Yeah, I counted There's, Big Ed and Pete from Twin Peaks. If you
2: like Dune, <laughs> try fire walk with me. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking
1: yes.
0: Come to Arrakis where you can fire walk
2: anywhere that's, that's not a major civilization. Whole gimmick. So what? What's your plan oh. for taking us through? Yeah, this is your show, dude. Uh, I guess the Dune. only
0: other thing I wanted to quickly mention is the miniseries Dune, uh, yes. called Frank Herbert's Dune in two thousand. Uh, if you guys had seen that with William Hurt, hmm.
1: yes, I saw that in uh, my friend Ryan's basement when we were like ten or something. It was super good. Hell oh, yeah, it that one is
0: pretty good. Um, like not great, and well, it the definitely higher is rated made things for things
1: on Sci-Fi. Apparently,
0: yeah, it's uh, <laughs> like William Hurt plays Duke Leto, so obviously he's not there the whole time. But the rest of the cast is like Spoilers. pretty. Pretty, pretty solid. Uh, oh, nice. okay. Yeah. yeah read, uh, the read the book, blanket, book you blanket, have Blanket. Blanket. Spo- blanket it's spoiler. from 1965, guys. Fucking grow up. Uh,
2: fucking- <laughs> so, when did, you, I, when did you read it for the first time, Brian? When did you read it now? for the first time? Right
1: now. Yeah. Five minutes ago. You grow up. <laughs> I did. I just grew up. That's what happened. That's why I'm saying grow up, because I just grew up. So, things I want to talk about first are the plot, and I want to
0: gush over it for a little bit, because I love it. And then I want to talk about the writing, and I want to gush over it, because I love it. And third, <laughs> I want to talk about some thematic stuff and gush over it, because I love it. If In case you have any idea where my head's at going into this episode. Um, the first bit is... This book is really important to me as a fan of sci-fi, as a Mm -hmm. genre, not only because it is considered important, but because of like how uh, Lord of the Rings does a lot of stuff for kind of setting fantasy to the point where people say that all fantasy is just rewriting Tolkien over and over again. There is a sense of that with Dune for me. Uh, I know there are great works of science fiction, like a lot of Arthur C. Clarke, um, the Foundation series all came before uh, a lot of, like, Richard Matheson came before Dune, but there's mm-hmm. something about Dune that has a gravity about it, um, especially in the well, the way that it's written and a couple of those conventions that it brings in that you see a lot in modern sci-fi, like doorstopper sci-fi shit. The first one is, like... Um, Oh cuz it's having, super thick. I was like why is uh, it called Doorstopper? doorstopper. <laughs> like like Doorstopper like, Fantasy when you just like can. read the Sword of Shannara or whatever and it's just I like I have The huge. Way of Kings from Sanderson. Yeah, exactly.
1: Fucking, yeah. We used it to fucking lift our friend Shannon's laptop up to get a better anchor. L O L.
0: Yeah, that's the he uh, he was chosen to end that series because of the uh, Wheel uh, Mistborn. Of time. Yeah. Um because Robert Jordan's wife, uh, I think like read Mistborn and mm-hmm. really liked it. So was <laughs> it part of was that good. decision. <laughs> yeah, it was. We we actually just finished it. Uh we listened to it on audiobook. Anyway, um speaking of Mistborn, Mistborn is a book that does this same convention uh, like a lot of modern um hmm. sci-fi does, and that's having a like an epitaph, uh, sorry, an epith- uh, ep- epigraph at the beginning mm. from a work that you don't know what it is yet. Um, so the very beginning of Dune is a beginning of, is the time for taking the most delicate care that the balances are correct. This every sister of the Bene Gesserit knows. To begin your study of the life of Muad'Dib then, take care that you first place him in his time. Born in the 57th year of the Padishah Emperor Shaddam Fourth. And take the most special care that you locate Muad'Dib in his place, the planet Arrakis. Do not be deceived by the fact that he was born on Caladan and lived his first 15 years there. Arrakis, the planet known as Dune, is forever his place. From Manual of Muad'Dib by the Princess Irulan. An amazing, an amazing bit of exposition that gives you no information whatsoever at all. Like, nothing but questions. Like, I know for one thing for sure that this planet named Arrakis has two names, one of which is Dune and almost nothing else. Like it, it it's it's terrific. I think it's a terrific opening to a book. It adds suspense while giving a lot of information that you will recontextualize over the course of the book. And obviously a lot of other people like it cuz Brandon Sanderson especially loves doing this
2: shit in his books. Uh it's a lot like Foundation. Uh when you, when you go through the things that came before, you got hit Foundation <laughs> and I was like you're welcome. <laughs> 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 Thank you. Um, yeah, I also I really like the uh, the just the words he made up and the names Dude. he did. Just like Arrakis
1: is a fucking excellent Arrakis name. Is such for a player. winner. Yeah. There's a lot of again because I I don't I am not remotely as into it as other people, but like for a lot of my friend group reads a lot of like fantasy and a lot of sci fi and stuff, and not everything breaks through. Obviously, there's certain stuff that uh, I would even put. I mean, Mistborn, not technically, although. It's one of its main characters is in Fortnite, so fucking dab on that. Really? Yes, Kelsier is in uh, Fortnite. Kelsier is in Fortnite. You can have wow. You can have Batman versus Kelsier in Fortnite.
2: (laughs) Jesus
0: Christ. Go Brandon Sanderson, that's huge.
1: Um, but like that one has a couple. Like honestly, the name like Kelsier and a couple of things in there, I go, oh, those are like those are winners. When I hear them, I go, boom, that is right. Lot of fantasy, a lot of sci-fi simply from the nature of it, has a lot of stuff where you're like, yeah, that's a name I'm trying to make good, and like I'm trying to make an iconic name with this, and it's not working. And then you hear, like, on the planet Arrakis, and you're like, fucking God damn it, that's just a home run right there. Like, yeah. motherfucker.
2: Never read <laughs> I. but I'll say that the name Kelsey too close to Kelsey. I don't like it. I know you're going to get texts that's- from your friends. I'm sorry. <laughs>
0: it's like it's the world of also, uh, that's just hearing. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Like the final empire, like Brandon Sanderson is great at constructing worlds and he's into mm-hmm. hard magic systems. Uh, so like there's rules and shit and don't be wrong. It's all very neat and organized, but there's something about like the, the universe of Dune that feels incredibly lived in uh, and yes. it feels natural. Um, it's much like how Blade Runner, like the the set and the the, the scenery, the mise-en-scene of, of Blade Runner feels dirty. Like it feels like yeah. grime and shit have it just like <laughs> coated. There's a patina It has to be living on everything.
1: Somebody spat on that fucking thing, you know what I mean? Like yeah. somebody walked on those streets for fucking 40 years and was, you know, all messed up on them. Um yeah, yeah Dune is Dune is very much the same way um for a lot of it. Uh I think it, it's weird. I think this got described as like a soft science fiction and i kind of agree i think i think i got a little confused with how much they describe like political things and economics of things as i'm like no that's pretty hard but it's like that's not the science fiction part that is yeah. they're describing real things that can happen that aren't like science fiction. they're not going like here's how the ornithopter works and blah blah, yeah. blah they're like he gets on the controls and fucking flies it around because it's a fucking ornithopter shut the fuck up and be into it, okay, motherfucker? And I'm like, yes, you're right. Absolutely. I th- I think I'm sorry.
0: Dune is very into like the pure like the the essence of what science fiction is, right? Is you take a setting that is unfamiliar in order to examine that which is familiar yet Correct. unobserved. So f- Frank Herbert who doesn't deviate from that at all. He doesn't give a shit how I don't know, the 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 worm biology works <laughs> except for like the one description of how it impacts the ecology of dune like he doesn't give a shit how the ornithopter works shields, shields i guess exist, you know like of. you have to go slow and they bounce bullets <laughs> but for whatever reason slow things get through them like
1: he doesn't give a shit that's it's really all, just for character development too it, that, t- that turns out into like it's not even for
2: it just makes the me, sake of it she reminds me of Oblik. y'all remember oop yeah yeah, yeah yeah can't go yeah. too hard yeah, because then it goes solid. So for anybody who thinks that that's stupid—that you have to go slow through the shield ooh. <laughs> I, I, I say non-Newtonian ooblank. fluid, hundred <laughs> percent.
1: But yes, what do what I want that? Block? I just want <laughs> that footage of them covering themselves in oobli and that being—it's <laughs> <laughs> not Absolutely. actually like turning a button or anything. It's just. All right, dip into the ublek shield, yeah, and, then- and it has to be green. Like, why? Why does it have to be? Because it's not ublek. It's just
0: cornstarch and water. If you do it without that, and, uh, and you know, you know, like, what? What do you mean? What do you mean? Why does it have to be green? Why does the sky have to be blue? Get you in know, the get out of fucking here. Get in the
2: ornithopter and let's get ublek.
0: Exactly. Yeah, get in the goddamn ornithopter. I don't know when it's gonna break because I don't know how it works. And let's get some goddamn ublek. But like, um, what's on the chopping block? for dune and one of the reasons that i love it is this particular understanding of politics as part of the human condition that i think frank herbert really pushes Mm -hmm. um that you know that there is much in the same way foundation there is a when you look at humanity and sort of an agglomerated or conglomerated um scale these huge scales there is another way to understand how our species works you know like then that, that's pretty much the thesis of foundation right like you uh psychohistory works only on the largest scale and only on the the largest you know like the largest movements of the human species and civilization and mm-hmm. whatever and that's something that you want to feel is pretty true because it, ha- it feels like it has an inertia behind it and i feel like dune takes something like that for granted um and says, like, but we can also observe these political moments in the cast of, like, 25 characters
1: with that weight behind it. I don't know. I, I don't there was, I, I was briefly looking at the the one of the sections on the Wikipedia thing, and there was a mention that someone called this a response to Foundation, like that Frank Herbert was looking at late-stage Empire from a different perspective and going, like, or having different views on it. I'm not, I mean, we can, when we go over the themes in Dune itself, we might come to a fucking realization over it, but like taking that same idea, that same kernel of like this late stage galactic empire and what happens with it and what it means when these things change and went like, yeah, foundation definitely said some things. I don't give a fuck about those. This is what I think about.
2: Yeah that's, what, yeah. that's my favorite part of the book is the, is the first section where there's still like in the Duke Leto's, this house Palace. On Caladan. Yeah. 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 No, not no. no when no. they first get to Arrakis. When they're first in Arrakis. Like the whole first third of the book. Like the dinner third yeah. third. and stuff. Yeah. It's when there's just like heavy politics talk. There's lots of characters. Everybody's discussing things. There's like treachery about. Yeah.
0: Like,
1: Intrigue.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you see the house politics. Like there's an assassination attempt. There's a heavily politically charged dinner where everyone's like positioning and That's maneuvering. No one is one. who they seem to be. <laughs> and it's, you know, you see that um And this is, I'm going to lift a little bit from Emily's observation the last time that her and I read this, um, is... The, so the conceit of Dune, right, is, is it's a universe where there are no computers. It's Humanity is an interplanetary, intergalactic even, species, but there are no computers. Instead, humanity has forced itself to take the place of that computational device. Um, one of the biggest laws of the, the race of human beings is man must not make a machine in the shape of man's mind. Um, or thou shall not. I know man. That's a religious command. Which is, again, sounds rad. Yeah. Um, but you see that the only survival mechanism left is a savant understanding of politics like there's nothing but humans maneuvering at a computer-like level and so like the the particular like with that being the conceit that allows and opens up for these incredibly complicated political positions Mm -hmm. that happen through the dialogue which are
2: like being commented on and described the whole time Like, it's very cool yeah, that's why we have um, the yeah. the Mentats, which it's it's very cool to have both Benny Gesserit's and Mentats. I, it. I feel like books usually just give you like one thing like that, like yeah, one meta human type deal.
1: Yeah, and so <laughs> so like the, the, Mentat, the Mentat one Tat... is very is very like what you would get in a book is my thing. Like they feel very like yes, they're very smart and they're always in a like a vizier capacity. Like there's a Baron has a Mentat. They have. One of them who they talk to on some level and go through their plans or do have them do things for them in that regard. Uh, go ahead, sorry.
0: No, no, I uh, yeah, the, the, just like the the mentat is the the math side of humanity mm-hmm. that has been like cultivated and replaces the computer. Whereas the Benny Gesserit is that same level of savant understanding, but with the human being as biological and manipulatable organism.
1: Benny Gesserit is a
0: shadow government. <laughs> It controls yeah. everything that happens in the book. It's wild. They have um, something called the, you know, let's screw it. You know, we'll get to the plot later as we go through it. I want to talk about some of the themes. There is a sure. um, a motif in this book where we talk about the Missionaria Protectiva, which is the Benny Gesserit, a uh, couple of millennia ago, before this book, went and seeded religions across the world to whatever Colin Pulled a little little Harry Seldon. Yeah, they just yeah, absolutely. They just kind of like you know, Zena <laughs> dropped a couple of those. A lot of
2: foundations out there.
0: Yeah, and yeah, absolutely. And just the, the but the main reason though is like, hey, in case a Benny Gesserit sister Literally. gets lost on this planet, pull that ripcord and put yourself glass. in their religion. Yeah, You'll be protected until we can come get you. Like creating a human life raft out of belief. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you know? like that's just that's fucking bananas. Yeah, yeah. It's just a scary idea. Well, they're also into like. Breeding, like, gene- I don't. Uh, it's not eugenics because that, or oh, it is. Absolutely no, it is eugenics. eugenics. <laughs> Sorry, it is eugenics. Um, I was thinking of something else, but like, yeah, it is just they selectively breed people together to be what they need to ascend, like, to ascend political power, and to, and they carefully are like, you shouldn't have this baby. You should give this guy a daughter. You should give this person a son. Like, very yeah. haunting implications or not even implications, just explicit situations, but, like, it's very cool. It is very cool to see that again without the whole computer thing because I think, and it's not our fault because computers were developed and, you know, showed up and in are integral part of our lives that we now fuse it into our science fiction, but, like...
2: Well, I assume they had an issue with AI, like, a- yeah. AGI, and is why there's now, like, no computers. Exactly. Oh, that's... A, oh, so like, they in went the, in that yeah. direction and went... Holy yeah.
1: fucking moly, this was horrible. Let's Jorge's yeah. right. Uh, in the first is appendix, there, imp- oh,
0: okay. uh, there are four appendices at the end of the first dune book which are awesome and well worth reading after you finish mm. the book. Okay. Go for it. There is something called the Butlerian Jihad that happens uh, oh, when humanity oh, oh. Yeah, when humanity originally like computer spaceship races all over the the mm. all over the place, um there is a war between humanity and some uppity AGIs and they shut it down yeah, they like they just they don't the just they don't just destroy the the AGI they destroy all computers and like nope <laughs> never ever getting that close to that again what's that is that a beeper you fucking throw that in the Stop fire right them. goddamn now and they and it becomes like a religious part mm-hmm. like the the, the the there is the singular religious thread throughout humanity, though there are multiple religions, um, either con- con- created so long ago that they are like naturalized um, and competing. One of the biggest threads is like, nope, nowhere, nowhere in Not- this universe is there <laughs> one goddamn computer. <laughs> yeah. S- at least in Dune. I was going to say.
1: Um, oh, okay. Yeah, interesting. A little teases for things to come. Absolutely, that but I'll, it never I'll never
2: read. It. <laughs> i never Everybody guess. I know hates all the other books. I'm like, I how am I Everyone, supposed to have the strength to try? Even? I,
1: it doesn't again because of uh, you were talking about. It's basically on like the bubble of Zeitgeist, and maybe this movie will fucking turn it around that people get into it. But like, there's always there's a bunch of those uh, lists of like graphs of ratings for different like cultural phenomena. Basically, like the Matrix movies, like Lord of the Rings, and, whatever, and they have other ratings of things. Sometimes Dune gets on there, and it's just dune full bar like full 100 bar all everything else just through the fucking floor just zero f might get the fuck away from me this yeah. isn't even a franchise shut up and i'm like that's hilarious <laughs> so um
0: i guess let's because i want to talk about a couple of other things and i have some pointed questions i want to ask you guys but before we do Ooh. that let's just blast through the plot really sure. fast um so really
1: fast <laughs>
0: Yeah. Paul Atreides, <laughs> House Atreides. They're Another winner like name. a f- mm-hmm. Yeah, oh my god, great name. Um, humanity is separated out into like feudal societies, basically. So their fief is the planet Caladan. They are given by the Emperor Arrakis. Arrakis is the only place where the spice is made. The spice is like a stimulant. It's like super, super Vyvanse. Uh It it's just the- allows for the greater awareness of like reality and relativity, and that's what makes space... Like intergalactic space say, flight without computers possible. It's the only is way for the fucking people,
2: people.
0: To <laughs> they yeah, have to with, shoot with the spice
1: to navigate warp speed, and they're like,
0: oh my Absolutely. god, <laughs> yeah, it's just like it makes them so pre like pre like so, um, uh, so mathematically aware mm-hmm. that they become limitedly prescient, so they can navigate fucking spaceships at warp speed, you know, through time and space, whatever. It's fucking cool. So that's pretty much the last commodity that is controlled and it's all made on Arrakis can't be farmed they don't really know how it's made they know it's there it's what they need and the Atreides take it over the Atreides are overthrown Paul and his mother are stuck and presumed dead in the desert they are taken in reluctantly by the Fremen Paul ascends as a messiah type as well as political leader and through the careful maneuverings and utilization and mobilization of the Fremen people challenges the Shad, uh, Shaddam Fourth, the Emperor, and eventually, like, wins. Like, disrupts the entire tripartite balance that the galaxy has been in for a couple thousand years by becoming, like, a messiah he, and running the you're, you're talking about the plot the of
2: the whole series.
0: No, that's the whole that's book. The that's book. the first book, dude. In the it ends with, like, Shaddam Fourth saying, Shit, you win. Yeah, you threaten like- to destroy the spice, and we can't. Like, that's literally the ripcord on the species. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have to. I have to submit. Then that's why he Paul marries Irulan. the princess Irulan, mm. um at the end. Like so, the, right. the political alliance is legal and there and binding. And now Paul, with his army of Fremen, uh, which are,
2: as discovered at the end of the book, the fiercest warriors <laughs> in the <laughs> Just in the universe. Fucking- I guess I'm just sur- um, I'm just surprised you managed to get through the whole plot without saying House Harkonnen at even one time. He, he
1: said overthrown. I'm like, you son of a bitch. By he Harkonnen. didn't say Harkonnen. How <laughs> <He laughs> dare you
0: skipped the Harkonnen? <laughs> I know. I was trying to go for like the main yeah, plot. Literally,
2: um, the, that's yeah, my yeah, point. The competing you literally faction. cut them out of the. You said you're not important enough.
1: <laughs> I know. You looked it's at that the fat main fuck plot. in his suspensor chair and went, "Hey, fuck you." Yeah, <laughs> but I'll so see that's, the Emperor challenge. I'm like. Fade challenges challenge.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a he bunch of them. Him to I know. Fight with the I, know. In the air. I know. He gets in a fight with and he recognizes, you know, just, <laughs> you know the breed, you, you,
1: but the, all that's like detail and gravy <laughs> the, the compared only, to like
0: the main the motion, like Aristotelianly,
1: classically, like the motion of the plot is yes. the rise of Paul
0: Atreus. The only other thing uh, I will
1: add to that plot thing is that Paul basically becomes a superhero <laughs> by the end. Yes. He has superpowers. <laughs> He can fucking see everything past, present, and future. Messiah. He's, fuck, yeah. He's a messiah. He's an actual, he's a shoot messiah. It's not like a political, it's not like a, oh, I've risen up through the ranks. He actually is that.
2: Brian, you know, we have other archetypes. Messiah is a different thing than superheroes. (laughs) I'm just saying the way it was described.
1: I'm just saying the way it was described implies that he, like, survived some challenges and is recognized as it but is a person he isn't i know he's a person still he is not a person by the end of this book Mm. like he is something else yeah and that's i know that one of the things Fuck
0: you. just in the name of the father and the son and the superman Superman spirit (laughs) 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 how dare you blesses our batman and these (laughs) ideas that we are uh but so, so now we got the plot out of the way. Yes. A couple of things I wanted to ask you. Um, first question is for Jorge, um, but obviously it's going to be a conversation with all of us. This book insists mm-hmm. on a strict and real divide between body and mind. Um, the Benny Gesserit have absolute control over their physiology to the point where they can, you know, like choose what gender of child, what sex of child to create, mm-hmm. what gender of human to eventually produce. They can. You know, they can like tell when people are lying, they can use their voice in a way which, before the conscious mind is aware, uh, forces another person to do a simple action, you know, by... Just whether there's some physiological cadence that they can achieve that has this sort of like semi pseudo telepathic effect mm-hmm. on people, but a lot of that, and the same thing with the mentat the mentat is the entirely mental capacity of that with no understanding of that biological portion of it. So, you, um, as someone who has an enzo circle tattooed on them, I was wondering how you like how does this, Called how do you out. like that? Um, Just like, like that, how, how do I react to it from a Buddhist standard? Like from a Buddhist standard because like it's, it's counter to what I believe as well. I don't necessarily um, accept the mind-body divide um, as anything apart from like metaphor. But this book, it is a concrete and certain reality to the point where it is like progressed to the point where these two things are so separate. It is truly like a biological and a mathematical organism sharing a skin.
2: Um, I it doesn't really spark any any questions or any like think anything particularly incorrect for me because it's uh it's a matter of like the the body being like physically what is there and and real and objective and, and the mind being just like perception of of reality right so like the the mentats exist completely in their perception and like just taking in these facts and making decisions based off that and the Benny uh are able to manipulate others through complete knowledge of like literal reality of objectivity you know, of what things are um so i don't i don't even see it as like necessarily counter to ideas of non-self or any any of those like buddhist ideas personally
0: okay that's interesting um yeah because i Cause thought you're that, wrong i wanted to <laughs> <not to know. laughs> uh, no it's, it's interesting because it's um there is a it's not a um what are, what are the parables called? The, the Zen, the, the koans. There's a, mm. there's a koan or something about like the difference between like it's incorrect to say my hand um, because you are it. You know, one it, it, uh, are those things like when you try to break down, when you try to separate an idea of self from the body, to the point where it's like, no, you. the reality of the human being is it's not a little man in whole, controlling the meat suit. Like, this is the real thing. in here, in corporeal, something in sold, and we just happen to inhabit a body. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all together the same
2: thing. Yeah, I mean, if there is there was Buddhism in the world of Dune and Koans, they would all be about <laughs> Bene Gesserits and Mentats that run into Zen teachers that get them to renounce their ways and become, they fall apart, yeah. <laughs> Because uh, yeah. it it, it'll, it will always be like yes, you can do that thing, and you can walk these things, and it's all wrong. You have the wrong <laughs> perception of like you can you can physically do these things, but you still have the wrong perception of reality and yourself, which is yeah. non-existent.
0: And they, they, I guess, there is the ad admission that the Mentat is a an entity which can only deal with the information that it perceives that he or she perceives um, to the point where the the baron Harkonnen like manipulates his mentat or uh, he, he no he uh, manipulates the atreides mentat mm-hmm. thufir hawat mm-hmm. uh by only giving him certain information so that he can only receive answers like within a very limited scope of information and like predictability and uh, yeah, probability yeah his
1: information is my information false information or false results sort of thing that's where yeah. that's where he, the when he first gets a hold of him he's like i'm going to fucking gaslight and neg this dude into
2: oblivion <laughs> yeah
1: i'm gonna yeah. just um, lie to him when it's gonna work and it's, it, it
2: kind of does it's also why uh buddhism has stood up against the test of time and science because they're so fucking flighty and paradoxical about everything like literally nothing that ever comes out in any way disproves buddhist ideas it is always like yep that makes sense if that's the way science works what we're saying is still untouchable it really yeah,
0: it's uh, it's very funny because there is it's either in this book or maybe it's in Dune Messiah. They talk. Uh, there's a Benny. Uh, there's an excerpt from a Benny Jesuit work uh, from the, like the primary teachings. And it's like if you encounter a religion and you want to overcome it, you have to do it with a religion of your own. And you have to make sure that your proofs like in quotations are stronger than theirs for nothing else is going to compete. This is one of the reasons that science fails because it is so clearly <laughs> man made. Uh, and like, it doesn't matter what truth it touches. It does not have the same like strength. And so it comes down to uh, like the, the very cool last line is like, no, all you have to do is supply like who is whispering and whose ear, like what Whew. divinity. um, And that's, uh, that's the other thing. Like the Benny Gesserit is incredibly cynical. I think, I think it's a very cynical yes. creation. Um, that they not only under the, the way that they understand is they understand how to control and they understand you know they understand how to manipulate. That's like their whole thing is they are secretly the hand behind the human species right now. You you creating religion, creating the political forces that are going to compete against each other for only their end. So I yeah I th- I think we get two very flawed, purposefully useful and purposefully like pragmatic but still flawed uh understandings of human and that is what's competing a lot like the Benny Jesuit mm-hmm. versus like the mentat versus the thing that paul is all of which like have a view of humanity which i think is i think purposefully and shown to be flawed but very
2: useful Totally. Yeah. and the uh the use of religion to control people is just like what uh what harden did in foundation i'm seeing like all these yeah. connections now <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yes. No, I think that, I think uh, Herbert and <laughs> Buggin, um, Asimov. Asimov were very interested in a lot of the same mm-hmm. things, especially in that moment that they're writing. 67's a little bit later. I think it's like fifty
2: some I feel like fifty-nine. I want to say almost nice. Nice. Yeah, so almost nice. Yeah, so uh, yeah. But that same of nice. <laughs> that same
0: cold war moment mm-hmm. where we have for the first time like existential threats in the hands of two different like national interests mm-hmm. um and i think i think that came out a lot in sci-fi at that time but that's you know i'll have to examine that a more time. it was what, absolutely what other questions you got okay given the choice uh between mentat benny and fremen, Benny
2: Jesuit, hundred percent. Wow, never fremen, absolutely not. <laughs> never <ever>. fremen. Never. <laughs> right, it's not because I have a problem with them. No, do you want to live no, life, the hard life just, of a fremen? No,
1: it was. It wasn't. Wasn't even the accurate like your answer. It was how just <laughs> quick and it was like a fremen strike. It was just yeah. fucking no, absolutely fucking get the fuck away from me. Um, I would be Benny Jesuit. One, it's the best name, although Fremen I enjoy. And there's a lot about the Fremen I actually do like. But again, I like it from a narrative perspective. And I like it reading about it in the book. And I like how it shapes Paul and Lady Jessica and fucking how Benny Jesuit shit framed. And they were able to twist the mission, the Missionaria Protectiva in that. Like the Fremen change it and Jessica's like, oh... Fuck. fuck. Hold on. I can This is do- a real religion here. I can, Damn it. I can improv my way out of this, but fuck, this is going to be tough.
0: Um, yeah, this is my son, Paul. I am a reverend yeah. mother, which makes him <laughs> tested by the gum jabbar <laughs> the Gom jabbar the gum oh, Gam- okay cool. oh, all right my... all right i bought us a couple minutes was... here paul we're good no, we're good yeah. we're good that just... was
1: my favorite part was her fucking going we're still guards just like yes uh our reverend mother is getting old and she's like huh fucking what did you just say <laughs> you like, have a reverend what went wrong? mother <laughs> and then literally the <laughs> book is like jessica tried to push forward but and then she's like no, I'm going back to that. Like, she answers more questions because she's in, like, a situation where she has to, like, keep improvise you know, figuring out and getting her way out of this. And <laughs> she gets through it and, like, there's a moment of respite and she goes, okay, no, back to this whole fucking Reverend Mother thing that you have. What the fuck's going on? And I'm like, I love how I, fixed she got on that because it was such a turnaround. I just from- can't
2: help but think about how we're comedians and would have been, like, instantly dueled to death in feminist culture. Oh yeah. We would That's be there would they have no use for us. We would have no, not made it to we adulthood.
1: There would have been no duel. We simply would have been left to die. We would have yeah. our water would have been reclaimed and we would have been whatever.
2: It's for the tribe, right? There,
1: no one would have said I was a friend of Brian. <laughs> 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 no, no, they would all go I was a friend of Brian. His death gave me this fucking water. So thanks dude. <laughs> LOL. Uh, I what would you? Mean? I love the
0: idea. Yeah, yeah. Don't be wrong. Like, there's a part of me that like I like reading about the Fremen the most. But uh, probably, probably Betty just. Yeah. Um. <laughs> the idea, like their ultimate and Mentats are a bunch secret of secret. So fuck them. Yeah. I like a bunch of fucking no, weirdos. Cool, but like they live. it's like weird because the only two we get to see are like Thufir. You're kind of cool. You're really and old, and then Peter DeVries De De like, just- why are you a pervert computer dude like <laughs> hey this, like this is gross <laughs> hey,
1: real quick could you stop being the fucking worst and he's like absolutely not i'm gonna like, continue doing that.
2: love peter's yeah. voice in the audio oh box. it's amazing it such a P- yeah he's just uh, pretty sure but i get the lady jessica
0: right my baron <laughs> by the way yeah, i'm whatever
1: i am pretty sure David Dalsmalkian is playing him in Dune. He was recently Polka Dot Man in Suicide Squad. Oh. He's a freak in everything and he's awesome. He's gonna be a freak in this, and I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> yeah. There there is an idea that. that I think I, I don't remember but- it um seeing it anywhere else, but I really like what Herbert does with it. There's an idea called genetic memory. Um, we see, we know that this is like a fact. How do butterflies know where to go? Mm-hmm. Like you know, on the, how do like you know birds fly f- thousands of miles every year to to migrate and shit like magnets. that? Like how does an animal? How do magnets? they Magnets, uh, but like general behavioral principles in most animals mm-hmm. that are just innate. They're not necessarily taught or um, what do you call it? Like uh, how conditioned. we sex chickens? Yeah, how do we sex? Chi- Exactly, um, but the idea that Herbert gives us Cooling. is Okay, we got to talk about chicken sexing. All right, so what? Where he's talking about there is something that I fucking love. There was there's a I couple of colonial excerpts uh, when the English first went over to Japan. Okay, so there's back up further. There's always been a problem with chickens. The problem with chickens is you want hens and you don't want cocks. No one wants cocks. It's true. Take that nasty cock and just throw it that's, out of there. That's a shoe. That thing's not yep. going to give you the eggs that you want. No cocks. Um, but, you know, it's really hard to tell which chick is going to be a hen and which one's going to, you know, be a cock. And so it was a problem for a long time because you're wasting resources growing all these boy chickens who need to fucking go. Dude, boys uh, always ruin like this- everything. They do, you know, it's just like go play with the other boys and by that I mean be on my kitchen table. Cox will be Cox. but you want Yeah, I'm nothing rocks sick. about Cox. What would be sick And so they went to I'm the I'm ending the show early entirely. Not even this episode, the show. We're done. I'm tired. <laughs> The English went to Japan and they met these chicken sexers where they would just sit all day with a bunch of chicks and they would take one and put it in one pile, look at it, put it in another pile. And they, you know, like, what do you do? Sex like, means sexing, to determine sex.
2: They're not, they're not the chicken
0: That's what I was... No, no. to determine, so much like, to, to accurately that. sex. Yeah, <laughs> to sex the chicken. And they looked at, like, how are you doing that? And no chicken sexer could, like, couldn't explain mm. it. Just like, no, I'm right every time. And you can sit here and deny it, but, like, you'll just see what the chickens grow into. We're right. We can't teach it to anybody, but we're right every time. And the only way to become a chicken sexer is to just observe a chicken sexer sexing. And then eventually you just start doing it and you're also right. Like you just <laughs> learn the skill without any conscious access to it. But that's not what we're talking about, even though that's a really fucking cool idea I, that you can just be taught complicated skills and not be cognizant
2: of them at all. I also have recently become obsessed with eels. We don't know how they breed. We still don't know where they come from. We literally, eels? We, literally, what do you mean? we literally don't know where eels come from.
0: Like eggs? We don't know if they do eggs we or know, not. We or know, know their life like
2: cycle. We know that there's an egg and it turns into... like They have a bunch of different stages okay. that we thought used to be different animals, but we don't know. We've oh never, ever, one time, anyone on Earth ever seen eels mate. We can't make them wow. do it in captivity. They go back. They all, across the entire world, go back into the ocean, and they all meet up in some weird eel fuck place, and they... <laughs> They bone and then they come back to babies and with all of our technology we can't figure out where it is.
1: We've never got a fucking pervert that's, cam in there to be like, oh, fucking, finally. We've
2: tried cameras. We've tried tagging, and we've tried everything. T- they t- refuse to bang if we're watching. T- 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 that's what that's the funniest thing. Like <laughs> eels as a species like had the conference
0: one year and like, hey, so you guys noticed that they're like they're watching so us, so right? Seriously. Like we're not no, you you two? Okay, yeah, yeah, we're not right. crazy. Yeah, we're not gonna let them we're not gonna let them watch everything. No one's no one's into that, right? Like, oh fuck no, no, we don't want to, we don't want them to watch. What are you fucking nuts? We're not gonna fucking bone when they're watching. That's gross. So yeah, we all agreed. Never gonna let them see. Never, never, never gonna let them see. God damn,
2: yeah. no. I might need to do a, now, a whole talk on eels at some point. Gonna... But uh, <laughs> also, electric eels are not eels. Just that's the last thing I got. Really? They're please. knife. They're knife fish. Thank you. I was like, please say wild. what they are. Yeah. Don't leave us in that suspense. because no, they're not freak little out. people. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um, back on genetic we're... memory. Yes. Keep going, one of the things that the Bene Gesserit have achieved is a way so only women can be Bene Gesserit, and they're trying to breed like the one man who is able to like oh. look through the other portion of where DNA comes from. Um, but they are able to like look into race memory through like mitochondrial DNA, um, or like through the they call it the mother's line, but whatever you can kind of read through it. this is before we really understand what DNA is, anyway. Um they you can tap into and store things in like the human beings race genetic memory and that be, and like can translate that into conscious and, and mm-hmm. like understand that in a conscious way i think it's one of the coolest fucking things that he does i don't i've never heard of that shit anywhere else i think it's the coolest the absolute coolest thing the Benny Jesuit do and what they yeah. what this culminates in is jessica is pregnant uh paul's mother and manages to pass on like entire sentience, like cognizance, to her developing um, child. Yeah. Like she's with child, and she has this. Uh, she has like an incredibly spice-filled drug at one moment that's kind of shared. Um, yeah, we're not going to get into this area. Anyway, <laughs> she is able to impart. This is, I think we're getting into why.
1: I think we're getting into why Dune is at where it's at in terms of cultural zeitgeist. Yeah. I, yeah, it's, but like it's it's, it's an interesting right idea. Right at the door, like and then she, some shit comes in. And you're like, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even remotely talk about this. <laughs>
0: she accidentally imparts like a full consciousness and a full adult understanding of the world uh, and onto like you know experience <laughs> onto a child, so that it is born. Uh, and they describe it like the child speaks like an adult yeah. as an infant, but its like physical parts aren't developed, so it has a strange voice. But it's saying things like you know like. Mother, have you finished with this and one yet? And it's like, yet, oh or my God, stop, like please. And so, like, they call it a demon child,
1: an, um, an abomination. Um, and the yeah, Benny like, just,
0: yeah, <laughs> it's an abomination, but it's another cool thing. But it's that that same insistence that something like thought and consciousness is something divorced and therefore transferable mm-hmm. from like the biological. Uh, reality in which it's necessary. I like
2: that the, that scene because it's basically like they are all passing a bong around and then Lady Jessica <laughs> takes a huge rip <laughs> Way and then the bigger. other reverend mother is like, why didn't you tell us you were pregnant? And <laughs> their son comes out all like, well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I
1: totally
0: yeah. Dude, um, Saint bananas. Aaliyah of the Knife <laughs> is what <laughs> she knife? is eventually referred so to as. Cool.
1: So terrifying, um, okay. but awesome.
0: So those three, absolutely. Uh, the other, I love that we I'm all said we would guys. be Benny
1: Jesper. By the way, and Benny Jesper all. So we're either yeah, like, yeah, yeah, cool, whatever, or we're like, we all just want to be the Cuisarsata. <laughs> we just want to be <laughs> <Yeah>. the one. <laughs> it's fucked up. Anyway, sorry. Continue. <laughs> um,
0: Atreides. Are harkonnen, Traders.
2: Literally, what kind of fucking question is even, that? Even, even me, dude. Like, even I always pick Team Evil in these situations. Harkonnen are fucking garbage. Harkonnen scum. are awful. They are. Well, yeah, but also. <laughs> Dude, fucking. So what, I mean, we've Baron, already said
1: we've already said blankets spoilers again. It's Lady Jessica and Paul would not be happy with our description of Harkonnen because they're fucking
2: Harkonnen. <laughs> I think they'd be fine with it. Yeah. They're Atreides. They're. Baron, re- I mean, they're Baron, Atreides, but yeah, Baron Harkonnen eats babies, dude. He's fucking disgusting. He, for sure eats he babies. fucking He's he, the like, worst thing. since
0: little boys and eats that's babies. Like both could, these things are in so I the bad. I could
1: deal
2: with the baby eating. The fucking little boys is.
0: is it's, a, that's, that's a bridge it's too far. My baby, yeah. yeah. To the point where it's such a consistent behavior that someone tries to assassinate him the- by putting a poison needle, like on some little boy's a, hip. Yeah, like,
1: like literally on his what? fucking thigh, and He's just like,
0: yeah. Where when I read would that the first time and like oh understood, yeah. When I understood like what the euphemism was <laughs> yeah.
2: about, like, oh shit, that's fucking dark. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, they're not uh, okay. they're, they're not cool evil. They're all just actual fucking. They're just scums, actual dude. evil. They're- yeah,
1: it's not. There's nothing good about like this is actually a just because i we're, we're not doing another fucking episode on it um dave batista aka drax the destroyer um is going to be beast ravon in nice. the movie and i kind of that but also like beast is described as like the dummy thick in terms of mu- he's like muscular but also he's like he's gonna be in a fucking chair Soon, like one of these days, he's gonna get so fucking fat, his fat's gonna fall over, and he's gonna be in a chair. He's approaching. He's approaching the Baron dude, Vladimir. B- Batista looks way too fucking cool to be <laughs> fucking Beastorbon. Are you kidding? Me? Like the name's perfect. It's great say for fuck Batista. It, dude.
2: Slim him down.
1: That's the thing. I think it it'll. Work. I think it will work way better in yeah. the movie because. Stellan Skarsgård will be his fucking horrible Baron self in the fucking chair and flying everywhere and being all creepy, and then Batista will just be like, "I'm the fucking meanest son of a bitch in the entire fucking universe." I love all of so the Harkonnens are great because oh they God. all talk with each other.
2: Sorry, I just realized what I imagine in my head when I think of Baron Harkonnen. It's the the uh, the bad guy from Monsters Inc. You know? Oh, my God. Yeah, the spider dude. Instead of of his spider legs, that's like his chair with animatronics. Spencer.
0: Oh. I'll fuck a thousand children before I let this empire die.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I almost threw up on (laughs) that. That's disgusting. Um, But, Uh, yeah, they're all, like, I think, again, the thing about them that makes them, they're just fucking bad people in general. Like beast and fucking fade Bratha and you know, the baron are all just like we're gonna be shitty to each other we're gonna use each other like fucking pieces on a chessboard we don't give a fuck then we're gonna figure this out and we're only gonna do things because it saves our plan for later but fuck you and fuck you and i hate this night and, and then the atreides like their defining trait is we are fucking good people.
2: <laughs> We're some of the only good people. Yeah, we in the are the only <laughs> good is what I We about. keep our word, and we help people when they need it. And it's like fucking so awesome. I think it almost always works out really fucking well if you just have classic good v. evil. No White maybes, hat, no hat, ifs, yeah. no buts. Yeah. Atreides is good, Harkin bad. We like it. We know, we know what we want. We're not confused about it. 100%. Nothing.
0: Everything else can be shades of gray, but it's pretty goddamn obvious that a traity good,
2: Harkonnen bad. Exactly. And I'll say House of Traities um, maybe not necessarily Paul.
1: That's what I like yeah. about Paul is the
2: duke he's the duke is yeah, good. The, it was that's why <laughs> some Lado of my favorite parts <laughs> is at the beginning when it is Duke Leto 1 versus uh Baron Harkonnen. Yeah. Um,
0: and it's yeah. uh there's a moment where the the emperor is like going through the house and thinking about like, "Man, I really like Duke Leto.
1: I wish he could be my son.
0: Yeah. Too bad that can't happen because like politics really has legs of itself here.
1: Too bad this machine is already in oh, well. place and we're fucked. Off to go kill him.
0: I know the plan is happening. Arr. He's not long for this universe, but, you know, would have been nice.
2: <laughs> just, yeah. It's just like, God damn it. You're the emperor. They spent so much time in the book at the beginning being like, man, Duke Leto is so fucking cool and great. We love him so much.
1: <laughs> it is a If you don't know what's happening. It, like once you know like I assume reading it again it'd just be like man it'd be a real shame if something happened to Duke Lado.
2: who we all love so much it'd <laughs> be really so sad if that
1: guy we all loved like something
2: bad happened to him I don't just know put into that lens anyway that to get like kind of cheap <laughs>
1: <laughs> well but that's I mean that is I do like that about the the story itself and how um how Paul's parents Duke Leto and Lady Jessica who is his concubine not his wife um, yeah, yes. the
0: Duke is unmarried, but, the is unmarried, really, but has a like, concubine.
1: Which basically, well, you and it's like a political move, so exactly. he always has like That's... marriage. It's
0: like Queen Elizabeth exactly. the First. You know, always has marriage open. Um,
1: but like the, the first thing is set up, it's it's not necessarily like, oh my god, what a surprise. It's it is kind of obvious because Duke Leto and Lady Jessica just have a conversation of just hey, so Arrakis is a fucking death trap, right? <laughs> yep, it 100 percent is. It's a, i have to go <laughs> sorry like
2: I'm we am gonna pre- we I'm can prep what we can
1: but we have to fucking do we have to walk into that death trap i'm sorry <laughs> it's the exact it's the exact conversation that david spade
0: and um john goodman have in emperor's new groove when they're tied to the log like, <laughs> oh, yeah. sharp yeah like we about to fall over a huge waterfall mm-hmm. yep sharp rocks at the bottom mm-hmm. most likely Bring, bring it on, it on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as, you, as you see like the palace burning behind them you know. but it's um so uh, another thing I want to talk about is this book is as des- is, uh, dedicated uh, to a surprising a surprising clade of people and it's to um ecologists I forget if it's, if it's I think it's like dry earth ecologists or desert ecologists oh. but the the book is dedicated at the very beginning to ecologists and so I want to talk about that portion that was clearly on Frank Herbert's mind when he wrote this about like, what is the relationship people can have and do have to their ecological situation, to their ecological necessities. Can you talking about like Liet Kynes and his whole? Liet Kynes. I'm talking about the Fremen. I'm talking about like the Chome Company, uh, which is like the, the, the entity that has the monopoly on all space travel. The only ones who have the ships, um, like there are different relationships to this one resource the spice and there are different people with the relationship to the planet on which it grows
1: i just want to like hear you guys thoughts it was it was funny and it might just be personal it was funny when you went you mentioned the fremen and then you went the relationship they all have to this one thing and then i go Water? And you, <laughs> you went spice. I'm like, which oh, fucking that's thing. everybody. But, the, well, the Fremen's relationship with the water is their thing. Um, that's very cool. Which would, which is really what stuck with me, I think, because of how they treat it and how it is life for them and how certain things are completely... The context of things are completely changed for Paul. I mean, when uh, Paul cries at one point over somebody who dies and the Fremen around him are like... Oh my God, he's giving water to the dead. like this is they touch his face like a fucking you know Jesus mo you know hands on Jesus moment sort of thing. Um, I thought that was really interesting. I think I think the whole thing with the spice is is interesting because of how it affects everything else. like again, the spice is talked about a lot in this and some people use it i mean it's it, it's not um i feel like paul and the fremen is the most amount of times i remember seeing it be like directly used like he eats um the food he eats and that sort of thing is sort of incorporated into it but um what people do to get the spice is what interested me more like how much this whole fucking thing starts over spice just to fucking keep the entire economy afloat but it didn't have to, like, it's the greed of it for such a valuable object or I, for such a valuable quantity.
2: I just realized I definitely think that spiced coffee just tastes like pumpkin spice coffee. <laughs> <laughs> they say it, uh,
0: it tastes like cinnamon. One of them, yeah, it, it, it to tastes like, like cinnamon.
1: Doesn't somebody fucking say it changes every time you use it? Mm-hmm. Something Some like that, smar- yeah. One of the smarties says yeah, that. Totally I'm like, shut the fuck up, thing. nerd. So, <laughs>
2: um, Yeah, but it's, yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, I, I, oh. so the I struggled more in the in the middle because they they spend a lot of time in the desert and everybody knows how I feel about the desert and I know what the book's called Dune, but uh, because I, I was, I'm so highly interested in like the societies interacting with each other, so we spend a lot of time with the fremen like isolated and like hearing mm-hmm. about their culture is cool, but like I immediately want to get back to everybody getting into it with each other but we uh we spend quite a while in the center with the, the, the quite a while
1: side. i i'll let you get back to your point uh, but um but that's i
2: yeah. mean that's why i uh that's where my focus is and i haven't given as much thought to like what the point of that section was which it makes a lot more sense if he's dedicating it to ecologists right um but yeah that's that's where i'm at
0: yeah i always you know i, I I guess I always thought the book was um, like the Fremen, especially that middle part that you're talking about and where we kind of see the Fremen. uh, It's a really scary vision of what humanity can be, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when humanity uh, fits itself into a an ecological and like situation that they are not a part of like they're literally on a different planet you know what i mean Um uh, it's like you know human beings are here and yet they have become like this desert creature and it's done through a behavioral adaptation like they are an absolutely to the man woman and child uh a military society mm-hmm. you know they are like everything is regimented and that's because the ultimate rationing has to happen with water um and like to the point where like this is they make it a point like humanity should not be able to live here like there is no way that to the point where like the Galactic Empire the people who have satellites in space looking at it like yep we know it we've got the information can't be a whole lot of those Fremen because how because, because, because like Christ, how there's no way and yeah. it's just like, like this guerrilla society that lives uh, as part of this desert ecology and I think it's a really cool and frightening show of like what like what human beings are capable of. And it, it is. Like the the magnitude of that situation that caused the Fremen to be what they are. Like religiously, militaristically, zealously part of their environment um is scary and awe inspiring to me. So I think it's I cool. was gonna say I don't know.
1: I, I did like I don't know. There was definitely a part of me that was like holy fucking shit at like Kind of looking back, but I again, I'm someone who buys in. If anything is fucking half decent, I am like, cool, I'm in. So I was like, following Paul, I'm just like, okay, cool, I can get into this. Yeah, this makes sense. Yep, cool. I'm like, hold, it. whoa, 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 like this is all. I'm, I think it's cause the desert part, the desperation and like the horror of the nothingness of the desert got to me. So I was like, yes, from do what the shut the fuck up. Fremen are able to live here. You adapt to their culture and figure it out. They clearly like have all this shit going on. And then, I, I think the uh, I think the thing that helped me with that was Paul's vision of the the jihad of like talk like him having these constant visions of a jihad across the galaxy, like the House Atreides in black and green fucking the flag flying across everything and just fucking on fire destroyed everything getting fucking destroyed and he's like oh my fucking god but like it's interesting to watch that seed part of it being with them like and it's because you're put in the situation of i need their help like we need them to get through this to survive and you learn priorities you learn different things the the whole fucking um in terms of a sympathy thing like in terms of understanding their plight and like how desperate they've been there's a one of the whole parts is lady jessica has some water in her still suit and she's like ah, i'm kind of whatever and they're like how many how much fucking water do you have and she's she's like two liter johns and fucking Stillgar goes what the f- How? Excuse me? How? Yeah. How could you, you ever get that much saying water? to me. Like, oh my god. And then it's like the realization of, like, they live on, they suck up their moisture the second there's dew on their sacks. Like, the second it looks like there's a droplet somewhere, they're like, we gotta get that back because it's such a desperate situation. Um, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think the Fremen are fucking wild, but I think they're really cool. I loved. <laughs> The thing I loved about them, too, was, like, the meeting in the middle with some of these things. Like, Stilgar and Lady Jessica have a great, like, a weird relationship, sort of meeting together kind of thing. Especially there's during a fight, and Lady Jessica's been... It's
0: like a surprisingly nice second marriage. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's like, oh, yeah, you guys are, like, older. You've been married before. Like, you guys get what's going on. It's really nice. It's really touching. It's so funny
1: because some of that is, like, I the way the book frames everything, it, it feels like everyone's a mind reader and it doesn't fucking matter because they just say, they go, hey, fucking Jessica was thinking about this. Stilgar answers that question that she was thinking about. I'm like, that doesn't make any fucking sense unless he's a mind reader. But it, for that, it's definitely just like they looking at each other and getting cues and like implications from what they were saying. Uh, but there is a great moment where Stilgar asks her a question and she's been forced to be silent because she's gonna Benny Gesserit one of the Fremen, and, like, frees him. But they're like, shut the fuck up. You're you're forced into silence. No, bad silence. And during this fight, Stilcar asks her a question. And then he looks over and he goes, oh, I'm sorry, you're not supposed to tell. Like, he forgot. And he's just like, oh, my bad. I caught up in the moment didn't mean to ask you. I'm not trying to bait you, I swear. And I'm just like, that was very That's right, that's right. Burn the witch, burn the witch. Might be, totally (laughs) forgot about that. Might be,
0: just hold on a second. Um,
1: (laughs) Which those, again, like, talking about the horror of their situation or like what they're turned into to survive still getting those glimpses of like our humanity and you know them reaching across and connecting with people uh was still was very important and i think uh worked to really help develop the fremen and then you get that awesome thing at the end really like the realization of like this jihad is happening now because we're we bought into their jihad <laughs> We go yes, I'm cool. Like the fremen are cool. I want the fremen to succeed. I want Paul to succeed. And then it's like we know what happens if Paul succeeds, <laughs> and it's yeah, we've been horrible. Talking about the entire
2: book. <laughs> yeah, I, the whole time I'm there's like, a moment I'm, I'm willing to be like, let the jihad come, whatever That's it takes, what as I mean. long as we get back Harkonnen and we get out of this goddamn <laughs> desert. <laughs> That's what <laughs> well, I it love is. it it's like hard. when
0: they're at the uh, they're at the base of the ships, and there's finally like. A party member from each one of these factions, uh, right? Like, Paul is representing the planet Dune as well as House Atreides. There's a Harkonnen, there's the Bene Gesserit, and then there's, like, the Padishah Emperor. And uh, when they're all talking and Paul's, like, maneuvering and making his threats, uh, and, like, the Emperor goes something like, well, you and, you and what army? <laughs> and uh, the Bene Gesserit Reverend Mother, like, freaks out for a second. She goes, you can't mean, you can't. You can't, and the quote is like, you can't loose these people on the universe. (laughs) You know, it's just, and, and Paul's just like, watch yeah. me <laughs> <laughs> it's really fucking cool it's- like i remember uh when i first read this book i was living in um near la and lancaster uh, california which LA oh uh, uh, and lancaster california which is a desert and like classic tumbleweed and shit and it's also one of the windiest places in the united states just goes like where it is like there's a constant like 40 mile an hour wind in one direction every day all the time to the, the point where trees direction? grow at like the same direction oh. to the point where the trees grow in like forty five degrees. This is where my cousin has a farm, and it's a wild place. And this is where I read Dune. So like, it was a really cool. <laughs> so you read it on a like, right rec- Oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah! I just killed a snake the other day. This is Stop fucking awesome.
0: It. I'm a fremen, you know? I'm like, fremen. Whatever. I can see. I Try can out, see yeah. you
2: either having to read it very hungover and just as thirsty as the fremen, or sitting there with like your giant glass of perspiring water.
0: <laughs> oh. Yeah. licking the just, condensation off the glass and then just, pouring the water down the just, drain and laughing. You can
1: get in the shower with your hand. Oh,
0: amazing. Um, the last theme okay. that I wanted to talk about. And the last thing that I had planned was this book deals a lot with power. What? Like, political Power. Um, how it, oh, yeah. what happens to people when they are either given power, achieve power, or are in the presence of power. And it's that last one that I really think is interesting that Dune does. So I wanted to ask you guys if you guys thought about that. Um, Frank Herbert has a quote, and I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's basically like, no, no, power is not the corrupter. Sometimes the right person does come into power. Unfortunately, power is seductive to the corruptible, and oftentimes, even a good person who comes into power is surrounded by those um, who will corrupt and destroy whatever, like, the good person who comes into power, even if they are a good person, um, you know, comes mm-hmm. into. So, I, I, you know, and I don't really care about, like, what an author thinks about when they write a book, but I thought that was an interesting framing of that question because it's been asked to him before. So I just wanted to hear your guys' thoughts on, like, what
1: what this book asks us or says about, like, the nature of power. Before that, I do want to clarify your statement of what you just said. I mostly don't care what an author thinks when they write something because sometimes they were thinking about fashy shit, and yep. I do care when they do that, and I would like them to not yeah. do that. Um, as to power, I obviously Paul is the fucking easiest thing to look at, and his transformation over the book and what power does to him um where he essentially becomes a fucking alien in a lot of ways like he loses yeah he he
2: loses his humanity but doesn't he arrive to the planet as an alien that's fucking actually true. true fuck you dude i'm
1: so angry he they well, talk about it a lot in the book. He started as an alien and tri- was an alien. <laughs> he was an alien the whole time. He was never not an alien. Paul,
0: over the course of the book, um, becomes the Kwisatz Haderach uh, outside of the Benny Gesserit plan. Um, the one who can understand both the future, uh, like in huge leaps and bounds, uh, and also can see into that genetic past of humanity. Um, in Kwisatz Haderach in Hebrew is like the shortening of the way which oh, cool. is a thing that Ooh. I know, like, yeah, that, um, that Frank Herbert used. I don't know if he was Jewish or not, but he used, you know, he, he obviously loves Semitic languages. He loves Arabic. He loves yeah. um, Hebrew. And there's a couple other, you know, when they throw in words like that. But, yeah, yeah. Were you, were, did you have a thought you were finishing
2: mine?
1: Um, I think to the point of what you were talking about with the whole corruptible thing, I saw that more with Paul that he wasn't necessarily getting corrupted – but there is, I think a lot of the question for him was, he, he talks about it, or no, uh, there's a one of the epi- epigrams, epigraphs beforehand is, I think it's a quote from him, but it's talking about, no, it's an Irulan observation of Muad'Dib, where she's basically like, what does being a prophet do to a prophecy, and how do you push that sort of thing? So I think he, like, there's a lot of, like, self-fulfilling of that in that regard, where he spends a lot of the book actively trying not to. He is like, I'm going to avoid this jihad. Jihad's not happening. It's fucking hashtag canceled. It's over. Not doing it. Fuck you. And he reaches these moments, and either through self-preservation or through his, you know, love of other people in a lot of regards, you know, for his father, for his mother for different things ends up making the decisions that lead to this jihad. And I say that he kind of becomes inhuman, you know, like he's not a human anymore, mostly because of the power that he holds. It changes, it's sort of a Dr. Manhattan perspective shift. Like it can't be understood. So that sort of thing. But like a lot of his stuff is motivated by I want to help people still. And it still fucking turns into the Fremen being loosed onto the universe sort of thing. Um, I don't know if that speaks to an inevitability of power causing problems or if it is something of a corruption in some ways. But Yeah,
0: I think the way you brought it up right there, I think this book um, plays a little bit like power is something external Mm -hmm. to people and something entirely created by people. Um, Because like Paul talks about like this inevitability of this future, this terrible purpose. Um, That is something that he speaks about as external to him. Like there are motion like political action has inertia religions have inertia plans have an inertia if they are laid out uh, at a certain scale in a certain way and these things get away from like individual Mm -hmm. choices but there's also at the same time like paul is making you know choices in moments and because of the way that like uh, herbert writes the book we get to see those like effects foreshadowed in real time um like shit because of this one choice that paul made here something like a little bit more inertia has been put on something inevitable so i think there is that question like okay is it only the matter of what people are doing is there something like external that kind of like forces these general movements is power something that people get swept up into apart from themselves or is it the culmination of individual choices that creates the wave like i think it this book really does ask that
2: uh, two things. <laughs> we both. Sorry, we both turned and looked at Jorge. Two things. And you're like, and, <laughs> and your turn, Jorge. Like, All right. <laughs> uh, one, I can't stop thinking about whenever y'all say Paul, the uh, ending credits of Jimmy Neutron. Jimmy Neutron?
1: Like, Hi, I'm <laughs> Paul. <laughs> the
2: monkey. <laughs> it's a three-eyed monkey, and he always kind of scared me. Yeah. And- <laughs> I tried to like stop paying attention before he showed up because it's very. That was the Cuisinart. <laughs> uh, <how> <laughs> he he saw something. He had man. a third eye. Uh, he saw something. He saw it in you. He saw <laughs> it in me. He saw it look in at, all of us. Look at that monkey again. Told me there isn't something, God, something rotten in his even. stare. Uh, I think <laughs> when it comes to power in this world, I think I've, I'm thinking about it right now, and really, what my mind comes to is safety. And it's that the House Atreides does not does not want to gain more power. Mm-hmm. They need the power that they have now to protect their own people, and they want to just be left alone to live on Caladan yeah. happily. But it, everybody is such an evil asshole that you like need to get more power to be able to protect yourself against them, which then just means that you need more power because you become a bigger target, and things just spiral out of control. That was it's like it's so unbelievably hard to stay safe while being a good person in this world that it is like it. You're really hoping Duke Leto can manage it. He does really well. Can't do it. So when, it, <laughs> when you're with Paul in the fucking desert, you're just like, let's, we got to do whatever it takes to get back that asshole Harkonnen, get out of this goddamn desert. Yeah. And by the end of it, you're like, ha, he did it all. He fucked you up. Emperor. Now we're at the top and nobody can. Oops. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. I,
0: yeah, like, oh, this got away from yeah. us. Like, yeah,
2: everyone's safe now. By the end of it, you're like, be safe, safe in my under my boot. For yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You're in the jihad clapping, and then they are like, oh. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, this happens so fast. <laughs> are we the baddies? Yeah. Um,
1: but uh, uh, to your point, that is very interesting, because especially when we talk about the overthrow, is the emperor is in on the overthrow of the duke. Like, yeah. It's not just... Not
0: not necessarily an active
1: party, he but sent, aware. No, he sends and allowing it to happen.
0: Yeah.
2: He sends he, he sends, right. yeah, that's he right. sends fucking he wants it to troops happen.
1: to tip the balance over in the Harkonnen's favor because the Atreides have more power than the Harkonnen, but they aren't politically tied up with the, and
2: the Emperor. And the Emperor's only doing it so that he can keep being Emperor. Exactly. And doesn't end up getting assassinated. Exactly. Exactly. Like, It's all Um, about... Another thing about security. Yeah.
1: Interestingly that it turns so sour because it's an attempt to be secure. Yeah. Uh, And then when it... This book does
0: dramatize, like, how the status quo defeats itself, like, really, really well. Like, everyone trying to just, like, nope, we just want to stay... We just want to be safe, which makes Paul become, like, Mm -hmm. the prophet. I just want to stay emperor, which makes him, like, the emperor give the Sardaukar tip. It would actually... Ends up in yeah. his downfall, like the Harkonnens. Like we, well, the Harkonnens are bad, they just want <laughs> they just more both
2: <laughs> Yeah, they, yeah. Uh, the and then in, when you were talking about inevitability, I don't think that that is actually true. I don't think mm-hmm. that there is. Uh, Paul uh, <laughs> makes a decision, and then it starts a chain reaction that can't be avoided. I mean, the way that they talk about all forms of like future perception is not as if there are different pathways that you get on, and then you're stuck. It is mm-hmm. like he can see the future because he can calculate so well how everything is going to play out Mm -hmm. because he understands everybody's actions and what things will likely happen. It's a probability game, I think. Yeah. So when he makes a decision that starts the path to the jihad, what the decision is actually doing is changing himself as a person who would make that kind of decision. Framing his
1: future observations, yeah.
2: He is becoming a person that is more likely to make that kind of decision and seeing it in himself. It's not an inevitability. It is him deciding to become okay being corrupt. The
1: part of that is the one of the parts that's illustrated in kind of like what you're saying about him choosing that and there's definitely this conflict of him th- still thinking he doesn't want to do that essentially. Mm-hmm. He's thinking there's a way out of it still, but I think it is that sort of internal struggle of like I don't want to commit this jihad, but also I do want like I want to be is- pow- I want this power to happen um is after his fight when he gets his name he goes he get he basically says what is that mouse and the mouse is called muadib in by the fremen and he goes i don't want to betray who i was before can you call me paul muadib and they go fucking sure muadib we don't care and <laughs> sure only
2: muadib but
1: the the whole thing about that was <laughs> he saw to what you're talking about is he saw a lot of like mostly fucking genocide mostly the jihad and these sort of things and he talks about that feeling of being like stuck on this island with abyss around him or on this tower with abyss around him and he goes he thinks that he goes oh paul more cool i'll keep like both sides of this thing and keep both options open and his response like the reaction he has is uh i i never did that in any of the other future things Mm. i never did that in any other ones and then he says and he goes great and he goes, I still felt myself with Abyss all around me. And I'm like, yep, because that's not your, what you're talking about. Of Like, that decision was probably already made in a lot of ways. And he was going, like, he was going down that. And he He's made a to, performative gesture exactly. to try and avoid that.
2: Because I think, like, the real conflict is not between him and destiny. It's between his present self and his future self. Yeah.
0: Right. Ooh. Yeah. However, so, like, that conversation between... And that self-fulfilling conversation between this future self and present self, it does seem like Paul struggles with, like, is this inevitable? And if it is inevitable, like, you know, does anything I do, like, mm-hmm. do any, like any choice that I make, is it not going to end up in this? Am I going to be changed? Because I can see it. Like, there are larger forces at work. This is if I don't do something drastic or if I keep going the way I'm going, no matter what I'm doing on my way down it, like this is going to happen. Like there does seem to be, uh, and I think you're right. Like, I think it is because of choices that he makes and he becomes that sort of person who makes the choices, which kind of like progress him towards that jihad future. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's, it is
1: interesting. It's um, I think it's all, I feel like it's, it's a little messy. I was going to say, I think to your, to what you're talking about there, I, I think that choice is a version of, Accepting the system, like not you know his, the role of the Cuisard Tadurak is to ascend to the throne by the Benny Gesserit, right? Like my understanding is that that's what they wanted, is a
0: yeah they want their perfect yeah. human to rule over. He,
1: that's what that's where he's going by the end of the book. You know what I mean? Like that's what it, that's the inevitability of where he's at, sort of thing. He is married to the yeah. fucking emperor's daughter now. He is by law. The next in line for, you know, did, he has set himself up to be that. I don't know if that is like a an ex, a weird acceptance of the system or not necessarily the status quo, but like the system itself in operation and him going, I will be in it, even though it's as a rebeller slash messiah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a weird thing to say that that's in the system, but clearly the Penny Cheseret baked a lot of stuff in there. Um, and I know the Reverend Mother goes, you can't loose these people onto the galaxy, but fucking Benny Jez are fucking crazy. I would not be surprised if the first one was like Harry Seldon-esque going, yeah, a bunch of fucking bad shit's going to happen, but our guy's going to be on the throne, so it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, that's
2: a good point. Yeah. I don't
1: know if that's another individual thing, not being able to see the forest sort of situation. Yeah. Either way, it says some cool that's shit. That's all I had, guys.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that's that's all I had. I guess the last thing is ornithopters are really cool, right? Like, those are, are pretty cool. fucking rad. Like just to think about, like just like a fluttering, fluttering thing that flies. I don't know. I always thought it was, I had to look up what an ornithopter was the first time I read this book. And like, well, that's <laughs> yeah. a fucking cool it's shit really idea. Cool. I love that. That's I fucking awesome. Some kind of
2: airship. I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah, just uh, instead of a, a propeller, they flap. It's bugs huh. it's, it's a, a helicopter like with a, bugs like a, wings. A bird it's or with the, wing, like it's the, yeah, it's the bird from Dragonfly. bird is a
2: bug's life. That's what you're saying yes yeah it's yes. bird copter it's
0: like <laughs> well, that's literally like yes. or, like ornithology is the study of birds ornithopter is like mm-hmm. bird copter
2: cool yeah that shit's rad um well yeah on the on the topic of dune are we friends i'm gonna go yeah oh, it's, yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah it's a cool shit book yeah fucking love 100%. it cool
0: yeah well damn guys I'm glad we finally got to talk about it been talking about it for three years about like talking about talking about episode yeah talking about the inevitable future self the inevitability of we this were gonna be at this that podcast. We finally
1: <laughs> I saw a premonition of us sitting in this position talking about Dune.
0: and every decision I made <laughs> cr- 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 inched me forward that terrible purpose of this episode
1: <laughs> you can't loose this podcast on the universe <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's like, I, I don't know, I'll blow up all gasoline, if
1: not. You know? <laughs> please, hey, do that for a shoot. Do that for real, please. <laughs> well, anyway.
0: All right, guys. Um, anybody have any segments? Nope. What
2: the fuck's wrong with you?
0: No. Well, in that case, I love you very much, and I have been your Queezatch Hatterack co-host, Taylor.
1: I have been your... Liet Al Gaib, Brian.
2: And I'm still just Jorge And we will see you
0: next week.
1: Fear is the mind killer. Hi, I'm Paul.